Coming up, a playful, hopeful novel about the apocalypse. A classic piece of literature gets a beautiful makeover. Plus our distraction of the week. I'm Mel. I'm Dave. This is the Library of Lost Time. Today we've got a special guest coming in to talk about her distraction of the week. Her name is Amy, and she's the co-host of the podcast, The Perks of Being a Book Lover. I love that show so much. First, it's hosted by two longtime friends who have very different opinions and approaches to things, Amy and Carrie. It's so much fun to listen to the two of them banter, and they're bantering about books, which is great. Second, they talk to all kinds of book lovers about their reading lives. The first episode I ever listened to featured a woman who runs a book club at the Louisville Zoo. Like, how cool is that? That's awesome. You know, I tried to call the Louisville Zoo once. On the telephone? Yeah, couldn't get through. The line was busy. Oh, come on. You did not. (laughs) I heard that joke at a show in Disney World when I was about six, and it has stuck with me ever since. I'm glad that's the thing your brain remembers. (laughs) It doesn't even work anymore, right? Nobody under the age of 35 knows what a busy line is. Yeah. Or a busy lion, yeah. whichever the case may be. <laughs> and, the, and the joke completely falls apart if you say, I tried to call the zoo, but I went straight to the voicemail of the lion. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Amy and Carrie talked to all kinds of people in the book trade, authors and bookshop owners. In a recent episode, they spoke to someone who runs a literary salon. In another, they talked to Andy Hunter, the CEO of Bookshop.org. And they even talked to us a few weeks ago. I was just about to say they talked to all the cool people. And then you said they talked to us. And I was like, oh, (laughs) sometimes they let some other ones slip in. That's right. Occasionally standards drop. And there we go. Uh, We talked about books with a strong sense of library on their podcast, and it was a good time. It was really fun. Yeah. They're super fun to talk to about books. We will link to that in our show notes so you can listen to that conversation, and you'll hear from Amy later in the episode. But first, we're going to talk about two new titles. Mel, what have you got? Here's something that people might not know about me. I think you probably know this about me, but our listeners might not. As much as I like to pretend I have a black, black heart, yeah, I am a sucker for a good love story. Yeah, I knew that. These are the kinds of books that have me like sniffling in bed on Sunday morning. That would be shocking if I didn't know that. <laughs> really? They're an old softie. Romantic at art, you say. <laughs> so I'm talking about couples like Jane and Rochester and Jane Eyre. Yep. Crowley and Aziraphale in Good Omens. Yep. The Count and Anna and a Gentleman in Moscow. That was a, a rough one. Right? Yeah. There's this particular melange of yearning and joy and heartbreak that is just so satisfying. Yeah. So I just finished reading Naomi Alderman's new book, The Future. And it is generally described as a techno thriller. And it is. Yeah. You don't get romantic soft love story out of a title like The Future. Okay. But this book has a breathless love story tucked inside its sci-fi heart. Really? And I was hooked from the first sentence. I can't say too much about the plot without giving away lots of yummy surprises. Okay. But I can tell you this. There's a group of techno billionaires and they're seconds in command. Yep. And they all believe an apocalypse is coming. Okay. So they flee to their completely blinged out bunkers to survive the end of the world. Yeah. And then world-changing hijinks ensue. 
So it's a caper novel and a love story and a pretty harsh criticism of this social media-fueled world that we all live in. Yeah. You set up that premise, and the first thing I thought of was how horrible it would be to be in a post-apocalyptic service to Bezos, Zuckerberg, Musk. Yes. Yikes. Yes. Having said all of that, this novel is also refreshingly hopeful about how it might not be too late to turn this ship around if people started taking some dramatic steps. Naomi Alderman has become a must-read author for me. I've kind of been aware of her books now for probably a couple of decades. She's the creator and the writer of the exercise app Zombies Run, which is how I first learned about her. You know that app. Yeah, I do. I use that app for quite a while. It's um, sort of a simulation where you put on your your phone and you pretend you're being stalked by zombies and the production quality is really high and it like plays your own music along with the zombie hunting and all of that. It's it's really fun. It's got a really, really good story going. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you literally get chased by a zombie and you need to sprint. Yes. So it's a really good workout too. Yeah. She also wrote the gripping novel, The Power. That one tells the story of an alternate world where young women suddenly acquire the ability to produce electric shocks. Right. They use these newfound skills to upset power dynamics around the world. Yeah. It's a really interesting look at what happens when you shift power to people who don't usually have it. Right. One of the things I really love about her writing is that she attacks these kind of big, unwieldy ideas like technology and patriarchy and power dynamics through really relatable characters and their relationships. So her stories kind of get you in the brain and the guts and the heart. Yeah, that's nice. When I was reading this book, The Future, it reminded me a little bit of Neil Stevenson's novels, Reemdi and Cryptonomicon. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she would think that's a compliment, but I 100% mean it as one. Yeah. And the thing that I thought was really cool is that it's kind of, for me, picking up the mantle from Neil Stevenson and updating it to the world that we live in now, because he wrote those books a while ago. Yeah. And she has centered women in her stories instead of dudes, which is really satisfying. If you want to hang out with some badass, intelligent women and you have a love-hate relationship with Twitter and Instagram, I recommend The Future by Naomi Alderman. It's out now. In 1972, Richard Adams released the book Watership Down. It is about fictional rabbits taking an epic journey to find a new home. And it might sound like a children's book. That was not Adam's intent. According to his daughter, he wanted to write a book that would be compelling for children who were almost too small to hold the book, up to adults who were almost too old to see the ink on the page. (laughs) That's a really sweet way to describe that. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Watership Down went on to have enormous commercial success and critical acclaim, and there have been a bunch of adaptations. If you're my age, you may have been old enough to have been traumatized by the animated version that came out in 1978. I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, it was dark. (laughs) And you kind of get into it not expecting it to get quite that dark. And it does. Now there's a new version. It's a graphic novel, and it's beautiful. The art and the colors and the way the story is told on the page, they all add up to a really lovely retelling. The graphic novel is the work of two artists, James Sturm and Joe Sutphin. James Stern is the founder of the Center for Cartoon Studies, 
Longtime listeners will know that I have a degree from that school, <laughs> so this is not an entirely unbiased promotion. <laughs> but still, James Storm is a brilliant cartoonist and a lovely person, and I recommend you read his book. I fully endorse both of those statements, and we got to see a sneak peek of this book in his kitchen this summer. We did, yeah. It's really a stunner. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And Joe Seppin. His drawings will take you to the hill in Hampshire, England, where it all started. Did you know Watership Down is a real place? I did not. Yeah. Sturm and Sutphin both went there so they could capture the whole dynamic of the place. I wonder if they found any bunnies when they were there. I bet they did. If you are a fan of graphic novels or Watership Down or charming fables with hidden depth, take a look. It's the new graphic novel adaptation of Richard Adams' Watership Down, it's by James Sturm and Joe Sutton. And now our distraction of the week. We're here with Amy and Carrie from Perks of Being a Book Lover. So nice to see you guys. I know. It's been a while, but when we had Mel on the show, she was one of our favorite guests ever. We wish we could have talked to you too, David. But we got so Mel nice. and it's, it was awesome. I mean, you definitely awesome. got the better half of that show. Oh, yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, I understand you've got a distraction of the week for us. I do. I binged watched something last weekend. Netflix has come out with a um, four-part series of film shorts by Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, you know, he did the Royal Tenenbaums, he did the Grand Budapest Hotel, and his films have a, a certain style. Now, I'm not like a, a film connoisseur, so I'm not sure that I can <laughs> adequately describe exactly what his style is, but it's like, if you see it, you know it. Yeah. I think uh, it's called weird. Weird? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Might be called weird. To okay. me, it always looks like a box of candy turned into people doing things yes, like yeah, pastel colors and really adorable and quirky. Yeah. Yes. I was going to, I was going to say whimsical, mm -hmm. but I'd love Wes Anderson's. I do too. I, I do too. So I was really excited when I saw that he was coming out with these four film shorts that are based on rolled doll short stories. And, you know, Roald Dahl wrote Charlie and the chocolate factory and the fantastic Mr. Fox and, you know, the witches, several other ones that we have heard of, but he wrote a lot of short stories. So I did my homework. I read these four short stories before I watched the, the, the film shorts. And there's four stories, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar, the swan, poison, and the rat catcher. And all four of these film shorts have the same actors in them. It's uh, Rafe Fiennes. Actually, I think we all usually say Ralph Fiennes, mm -hmm. but he insists it's Rafe because apparently that is a very British way British. of saying Ralph, which I did not know until I looked it up the, this morning to make sure I was saying his name correctly. <laughs> really? Are you serious? You've been calling him Ralph Fiennes all this time? <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I am. I and am I agreed to do a podcast like with you? I know. I'm sorry. I just oh didn't God. know. I just didn't know. Okay, so Ray Fiennes, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, and Rupert Friend. So, you know, there's some there's some big names in there. But these shorts, they felt more like small theater pieces that were filmed on a stage um, built for a movie set. So the sets mm -hmm. are somewhat sparse, but they feel like they're almost from a storybook world. Some of the props that they use are imaginary. So, um, you know, you have to just 
pretend like they're there. I mean, often like when I've gone to see uh, experimental theater, you know, that kind of thing. And sometimes the characters will change their costumes while filming instead of off camera. And the characters are actually narrating the story to you while they're acting it out. So imagine being read a story at bedtime and you, the audience, are a part of it because they break the fourth wall quite a bit. The film shorts, they follow the stories very closely. And I'll admit that some of the endings of the stories, though, were a little vague and it left me with like that, hmm, I wonder what <laughs> what this all means. But it didn't really matter because I enjoyed the the spectacle of it. I enjoyed watching it. And it was sort of fun to afterwards ponder like what it all meant after I watched it. That sounds really fun. It was. And I, you know, it's funny because after I read those four, I, I had checked some books out of the library of Road Doll short stories, and I've read some more. And these are not my favorites that they picked to do these shorts. I'm sure there's a reason why they picked these particular ones. I'd like to hear more about why they picked these particular mm-hmm. ones. Um, but it didn't, it, it didn't mean that I enjoyed the shorts any less. So, yeah. So that was my distraction of last weekend. I would like to say I watched them too, but I did not do all the preliminary homework that Amy <laughs> put on herself. I just watched them. Did it stand up without the homework? Uh, yeah, I thought they were good. Yeah, I enjoyed them. But, I, you know, there was nothing for me to compare, contrast. I didn't do any Venn diagrams, nothing like that. So. <laughs> no Venn diagrams on my part either. I just read the, st- I just read the stories and they really followed them almost ex- exactly. So there really wasn't much difference between the two. It seems like a fun project to yeah. read the stories and then watch them. It does. Yeah, I think, I, you know, I hope that they do more of these. Uh because some of them were shorter, like maybe 17 minutes. The longest one was the Henry Sugar one. It was maybe like 35 minutes. But it's nice if you just like have a few minutes, like maybe you're eating lunch and you just want to watch a little something while you're, you know, eating. You can just sit down and watch it. And it's not a huge time commitment, but it's just like a little piece of art for your day. Nice. I recommend it. Roald Dahl has written short stories for children and books for children, of course, but he's also done some very adult stuff. I think when I was about 13, I found a book of his of adult short stories, and I started reading those, and I was like, oh, I am not the intended audience. (laughs) (laughs) Visit strongsenseofplace.com slash library for more about the fantastic podcast, The Perks of Being a Book Lover, those Wes Anderson shorts we talked about, and all of the books we discussed today. Thank you for joining us in the Library of Lost Time. Remember to visit your local library and your independent bookstore to lose some time yourself. Stay curious. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.